Hello and welcome to Sounds of Smoke, a mystery adventure podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Please remember that all characters, people, events, and situations are completely made up for your fictional pleasure. They do not represent any real-life people, events, or pets, and any likeness to a reality is purely coincidental. It's just a story. Episode 10, Vic's Basement. As I'm walking down the steps, my whole body is nervously vibrating with a mix of fear and the unknown. What am I going to see now? How am I actually going to make it through? And how far does this journey will actually take me? We reached the basement and there he was, Francis, tied up to a metal chair that was tied up to a steel beam. Nick was adding some plastic to the area. I walked around to face Francis. It was weird. I saw him looking at me. He spoke. Why is she here? You guys don't know what you're getting yourself into. And who are you? Francis looked at Dave trying to place him. You don't work for LRI. Ah, let me guess. Trade master. You got a fucking trade master involved in this? Nick, my friend, what are you doing? Just kill her and let's all go home. I don't even care about a trade master. Nikki, just kill her. Or if you don't want to, then let me do it. That is my job, and I'm very good at it. Nick just kept silently prepping the room. And then, bam! He just punched Francis in the face, and I think he broke his nose. Because the blood just started rushing out. Francis just laughed. And then, I don't know how or when, but all I know is that I lifted my arm, like as if this was my gentle yoga for over 60 class. Yes. I take gentle yoga for over 60 class. And let me tell you, those old folks can kick my ass. Anyway, as I was saying, I lifted my arm high up in the air with a slow zen focus and then dropped it down with all my force while holding a small blade tight in my hand and jammed the blade into Francis's knee. He let out a squeal as loud as well, a squeal. And then the blood started gushing out of his leg and just splashing everything in sight. I didn't realize he was going to bleed this much. I don't know what I was expecting, but not this. I didn't really think this through, and now I am feeling queasy, and I'm not sure I can... Wow, that is a lot of blood. I stepped back, leaving the blade on Francis's leg as the blood started to spill on the floor and flooding towards me. Oh! Nick and Dave also let out an understanding sigh. Cookie, you stabbed him just right under his kneecap. Ugh. I did? Is that bad? No, it's just very, very painful, said Dave. Also, you should probably first maybe ask him some questions before stabbing him. But that's a learning curve. Let's just ease up on the stabbing for now, okay? Dave continued. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, Francis. This is my first time um, torturing people. Are you okay? I realized that was a stupid question. Even before Francis looked up at me and through all the pain he must have been feeling, he still managed to give me an are you kidding look. Following up with, no, I'm not okay, you crazy bitch. You just stabbed me in the knee. Right, fair point. Well, you were going to kill me. Now, we have some questions. What shall we ask him? 
shit, I'm actually not sure what to ask. Uh, tell me whom you're working for. Francis looked up at me like I was crazy or stupid. Stupid and crazy, and I felt it. I looked up at Dave and Nick, and it looked like they were smiling. Why are they always smiling? This isn't a smiling situation. Francis wasn't smiling. He actually looked a little alarmed. What? Why are you smiling like idiots? Look, look at Francis. He is clearly scared. I think I'm doing a great job considering. Lola, baby, you are doing a great job, but, oh, honey, let us take over, said Dave. But I thought this is what you're supposed to do. This is like that first day on a new job, and you're being asked to do something that you totally lied about on your resume, and now you're sinking in a swamp of lies that you made up without a flotation device. Get that fucking stupid bitch away from me. If you're going to kill me, then just do it. But you know that she is a dead bitch walking regardless, screamed Francis. God, I really hate that guy. Even now, he is still a total douchebag. I saw Nick turn around and start walking towards the back wall. While Dave walked over to Francis and punched him so hard in the face that I heard his teeth crack. I looked down and there they were. Three teeth on the floor right in the blood puddle that formed below him. Wow, I guess Dave has been working out. How did I not know that he was this strong or a freelance secret agent? Hmm. If you're going to be rude, then it's time to be quiet, said Dave in a loud, cold voice that made me shiver. And then he pulled out a knife that I left on Francis's knee. That caused Francis to squeal again, and the blood sprinted out like a blood fountain. Nick came back with a rag and a duct tape. Dave walked over to me and told me to go upstairs to get Vic, and also if I could make him some hot chocolate. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be strong enough to stay, but I was clearly out of my depth. And maybe torturing a super secret spy was not my calling. I don't know. I just don't know. Okay. I'll go upstairs and uh, make you some hot chocolate. Okay. This is how it's going to go. Lola, I do think that you should probably listen to Dave and stay upstairs. But if you insist on going downstairs, then go now with Nick and Dave. Nick, please do make sure to rough him up before I go in for the... Um retrieval. That way, he'll expect the worst is behind him. Dave, if you can supervise while I run the perimeter check to make sure that we are, in fact, alone. They all nod in agreement. Then they start heading for the basement. I grab Lola's arm and pull her closer to me. She looks worried. Don't worry. This is the hard part. But then it gets easier. Does it? Because right now I'm feeling very end-of-the-world type feelings. I couldn't even find the right words to say how I feel. End of the world? I mean, I should just not speak. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. At least you can't say that this date wasn't exciting. Sorry, too soon. I'm just trying to make you more at ease, I guess. Just stop talking. This date did not go well. Stop while you're ahead and maybe consider joining the priesthood and becoming celibate. Can I still jerk off if I'm celibate? I should research that. And maybe get a cat. I looked at Lola and she made her best attempt at a smile, but 
I can see she is not in the joking mood. Understandably so. I take out my small hand blade out of my pocket and give it to Lola. Here, take this, just in case. It's pretty small and portable, and it's porcelain, so it doesn't set off any metal detectors. At some point, we'll need to get you a gun, but for now, take this. She looks at it for a second, contemplating something, and then she takes the blade and hugs me, says thanks, and walks towards the basement. She hugged me. Why did she do that? I found myself smiling as I try to understand it, and then I remember, Hey! I call out. Can you tell Nick to put plastic on the, um, everything? Tell him to put plastic on everything. I have plastic rolls stacked on the metal shelves by the wall. She nods and then disappears into the basement. I linger in my thoughts for a bit, and then I go to the bookshelves to get the guns that I stashed there, and then head outside to check the perimeter. As I'm finishing my perimeter check, I hear a squeal come out of the basement. That is not good. I'm standing in my backyard by the basement door, and I can hear things from the basement. The squeal wasn't loud enough to attract any other unwanted attention, but suburbia at night is very, very quiet. I should soundproof that door just in case. I go inside the house and grab a pile of wool blankets and put them on the basement's garden doors. And then I grab my oversized movie poster and put it over the small basement windows. This house is really not designed for this sort of operation. I look through the window and see that Nick did indeed cover most of the work area in plastic. Good man. And then I see that Francis has my blade in his knee. Ugh. Amateurs. I told Dave to supervise. I guess it's my turn to go to the basement. I get upstairs and walk into the kitchen. I look at my hands and they are shaking. I can't believe that I've just stabbed someone. I push all my feelings away from my mind and look around for Victor. Where is he? Victor? Hello? I call out and then wait a bit to see if he responds. When I hear nothing, I start to get worried that maybe he was killed and that there are more of those baddies that Francis works with and that we are all going to die. Oh, no. I can feel that my mind has started spiraling out of control. I hear Lola calling my name. I inhale the last bit of my cigarette and then flick the bud into the blackness of my garden and go inside. Yeah. In my job, a lot of us smoke. Killing people is stressful. I walk into the house, and I can see that Lola is panicking a bit. Poor kid. Hey, I'm here. Sorry, I was outside, but it took me a moment to walk to you. It's okay. I'm okay. We are all okay. I hear the side door slam and then hear Victor's voice, following by a smell of tobacco. I didn't take him for a smoker. What do you know? We do have something in common after all. I feel a huge sense of relief when I see him alive. He smiles at me as he comes closer. He seems different, calm, relaxed, dare I say confident. Huh, that is a whole different side of him. I guess regular life freaks him out more than the um, murdering people life. Good, you're not dead. I was just freaking out a little when I didn't see you. Yeah, I could tell you were freaking out. Don't worry. It's all good. I look at her and smile. Why do I feel like I'm blushing? Oh my god, stop it. Stop thinking that he is cute. 
What the hell? Stop smiling. Oh my god. I like him. Well, this is interesting. Um, <clears throat> I, I... Yes? Is she blushing? Huh. What do you know? She likes me after all. If I was any good at this, I would have walked up and kissed her right now. Instead of just staring at her with a stupid grin and thinking about it. Say something. This is getting awkward. Is he going to kiss me? Um, yeah, so the other um, guys said to get you. I stabbed Francis in the knee, so I think they might need you to go fix things now. I'm sorry if I messed that up. I'm not sure if extreme interrogation is my specialty. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. My God, stop saying sorry. Hey, don't worry about it. First time is always confusing. You're doing great, really. And there's definitely no need to apologize. She's cute when she's nervous. Look at her biting her lip. How adorable. Now, come here. I reach out my arms and grab her by the shoulders. I slide my palm over her eyes. Close your eyes. Now breathe. It's okay. I got you. You are safe. Breathe in. Hold it. And now breathe out. Open your eyes. Better-ish. I close my eyes and let go. I don't know why, but I trust him. This stranger whom I observed being covered in blood, burning all of his clothes just a few days ago. But now, with my eyes closed, him holding me, I feel safe. I exhale and open my eyes, and I do feel better-ish. He pulls me in for a hug, and this time it's not awkward. It's nice. Thanks. I needed that. Wow. That was really good. You really knew what to do. Thanks. He smiled and gave me a nod. Hot chocolate! What? Did she say hot chocolate? I should have kissed her, not hugged her. Otherwise, I'll end up in the friend zone, just like Dave. And that is a major fail, friend zone. Yeah, didn't mean to just scream it out like Tourette, sorry. The guys asked me to make them some hot chocolate. I'm not sure if that's a torture thing, or code for something, or what, but do you have the stuff to make it? That sounded weird to say out loud. Sure. Mix, fridge, and stove. I point in the direction of the items. And make some for me as well. Sugar helps calm the stress. It's the combo of smelling something familiar and comforting. Plus, sugar digests super fast and gives you that feeling of calm, so it's a good trick for those long-ass interrogation nights, or days. You will die alone. And celibate with a cat. Unless you learn to talk to girls, damn it. Oh, okay. Got it. Thanks. See you later. I turned around and tried to make myself busy with preparing the hot chocolate, feeling like an idiot for thinking that he was going to kiss me. Ugh, this is so silly and inappropriate. I will die alone, eaten by wild mice that have developed a resistance to those ultrasonic mousetraps that I have around my house, and will eventually come back for revenge. I hear him walking away. Damn. All right there, ladies, where are we at? 
Daddy's home to clean up the mess. Again. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Nick grumbles while Dave laughs. I look around the room and see that Francis has his mouth taped and a rag tied around his leg to stop him from bleeding out. I can see that Nick roughed him up a little bit because Francis's nose is broken, as for the blood being all over his face. And additionally, there are some teeth in the blood puddle below. I look at Nick, and he points to Dave. He was being very rude to Lola, so it's quiet time, says Dave. I see. Then I must agree with Dave. Being rude to a lady is not a very nice thing to do. No, no, no. I grab a rolling chair and roll it onto the plastic until I sit facing Francis. I unzip my kit and look at Nick. That would be his cue to leave. I'll stay with them. You chill with Lola, says Dave to Nick. I rip the duct tape off and see Francis smiling. There's a gap where his teeth used to be, two on top and one on the bottom. Hello, Francis. What a lovely smile you have. Ah, the bitch's boyfriend? And who must you be? Listen to me, kiddo. Your girlfriend is a dead one, so just go find yourself another pussy, and I'll even throw in a drink. Here, why don't you reach into my pocket and get my cash? Enjoy, says Francis. Oh, come on, don't be rude. This is going to be unpleasant enough. There's no need to make it worse. And besides, we are just getting to know each other. Oh, I see. You must be the retrieval guy. Should have guessed. All you retrieval guys have this morbid, psycho loner vibe about you. Ooh, I'm so scared. Look, dude, you won't get anything useful out of me. You know the rules. I don't know anything, so either kill me or let me go. Why are you all protecting her? You know damn well that if I don't finish this, there will be more coming. This is a kill order. And before it was just her, but now it is all of you. There, lover boy. Now untie me and let me get on with my job. Because as I said, you will not get anything out of me, you psycho! So, Francis, I untie the rag and retie a proper rubber tourniquet instead on both of his legs. He won't be using them. Let's have a chat. As the milk starts to boil, I mix in the chocolate. And the smell of this creamy, hot chocolate hits me, and for a second, I forget all the dark, horrible shit that is happening right now. Wow, this hot chocolate trick really works. I'm surprised that these guys are not fatter with all the ice cream and pizza eating and constant hot chocolate drinking. But I guess they work it off by fighting off other killers in the cornfield. I stand there over the kitchen stove on the weird days like a 1960s housewife on Quaaludes. Is it ready? I come back from my chocolate trance to see Nick bobbing around like a child waiting for his cocoa. What? Uh, yes. Give me a second. I respond to Nick. I start pouring the cocoa into the cups when we both hear a gunshot. What the fuck was that? That did not come from a basement. I look at Nick and he tells me to get down and hide. I hear someone starting to run up the steps. The door to the basement opens and I see Victor run out and start running towards the back door. He motions something to Nick. And then Nick goes over to one of the kitchen cabinets, takes out a gun and gives it to me. He kneels down. Have you ever held a gun before? No. Okay, this is safety. This is trigger. 
Hold it with both hands when you shoot. It's going to give you a blowback. He gets up and then looks back at me. Make sure not to shoot yourself or any one of us. Take time to look before you shoot. Okay? I nod. I hear a car drive away and then I hear two more gunshots. Dave runs up and tells Nick to go downstairs. Then Dave comes up to me. Good. They gave you a gun. Now, Cookie, be careful. Come on. He pulls me up and then moves me away from the window. What happened? I heard a gunshot. We need to go. We're going to go to my house. Get your things. I see Victor come back in. He looks like he has been running. He sways his head from side to side. You extraction guys, always so quick to make fun of us in the retrieval team. You're always acting like you're so tough and so special and blah, 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 blah. But the truth is that you guys simply run in, find the target, and then bang, bang, you shoot it. And then you run out. You don't even do your own cleanup. Now tell me, what is so tough about that? Huh? I don't see it. I look up at Francis, his blood, sweat, and tears covered body. He is trembling now. His body is about to go into shock if I push any harder. Dave comes over and puts a hand on my shoulder to ease up. I roll away for a minute and let Dave take over. He leans in and asks Francis to tell us something. Anything. All of a sudden, I see Francis look up. Fuck you! Fuck all of you! He says. And then he looks up higher and his face expression changes. For the first time, I see fear in his face. He looks at me and says, The grave! Ask her about the grave! Dave and I look at one another, not understanding what had just happened. The grave? What grave? Where? And then BAM! And Francis is dead. Shot in the head. Dave points towards the basement window and screams, There! I look up and see a gun barrel disappearing. Go! says Dave. I sprint after the gunman. I run up the stairs past the kitchen, into the back garden, and I hear a car being revved up. I loop around the house and see another fucking windowless white van speeding away from my house. I should open a goddamn van rental agency. I run after it, shoot twice, hit the taillight, and then it gets away. Fuck! We need to get out of here. Three loud gunshots and a dead, tortured body in the basement. The cops are going to love this. We can't leave Francis. We need to take him with us. Less is more. What happened? What was the gunshot? (sighs) What just happened? I'm starting to freak out again. I look at Dave and then at Victor. Dude, says Dave to Vic. Wow, I did not realize they were on a dude named Basis. They got away. We don't have much time. Man, I need to get in more shape. Running after that van was exhausting. Francis! I look at Dave, and he says that he already sent Nick down there. Okay, let's go. My house. Let's go to my house, says Dave. I nod and tell him to take Lola now and get out fast. Nick and I will meet him there. I see Nick coming out of the basement with Francis' body. We all look at each other and get the fuck out of there. We need to go before the cops get here, says Dave to me, as he grabs my hand and pushes me out of the house. We get into his ice cream truck and floor it. He drives fast for a few blocks and turns to a side, unpaved street that leads along the beach. And only once we reach the other paved road, he turns his headlights on. We drive in silence for a bit. And then I repeat my question again. What happened? And what was in the duffel bag? Dave starts telling me that someone shot Francis. 
and that it was his body in the duffel bag. We don't know much yet, but we have a lead. Now, Cookie, did you by any chance find a grave or something? A grave? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. I want you to think about it, and then when we all get together, tell us everything. Okay. Dave's house is only 10 minutes away from mine, so it's about 15 minutes away from Vic's. But he decided to drive all around the inlet and loop back just in case. We heard sirens in the distance, but I'm sure it's all going to be fine. We get to the long stretch of the road that runs along the bay beach. From there, we can see the whole coastline of little houses under the moonlight. They look so peaceful. Do you think we'll get caught? I ask Dave. No, Cookie. There is nothing to be caught for. Francis never happened. None of it ever happened. Dave pulled up at the end of the long beach road by the rocks and turned off the lights and put a radio on. As the mellow sounds began to fill the empty space, he lit up, took a puff, and then passed it over to me. Don't we need to go over to your place? I thought that Vic and Nick are going to be waiting for us. It's all good. I have everything covered. We have a moment to chill. I inhale and my eyes catch the car clock. It's 4.20 a.m. Well, that's ironic. I look out into the whole bay. Damn, what a night. Hey, lol. If you want out, I can't promise that you'll ever forget what happened tonight. But I can hide you. Maybe you can start a new life somewhere. It won't be easy, but I think I can make it happen. Because otherwise, there is a chance that you might die. I turned and faced him. He was serious. I could see it. I smiled and then turned back to look at the bay. You mean to run? No. Are you kidding? Secret agents, murderers, evil world-dominating companies. It's awesome. Scary, yes, but awesome. And honestly, I think I was dead before this. But now, now, I'm alive. I'm finally doing something. And I get to do it with my best friend. I never thought I'd say it, but it's nice to be home. I started to really smile now. I looked at Dave and I could see that he was smiling too. I guess he went through the same in his time. Good. Welcome home, Cookie. Yep. Okie dokie, hold on. What? He took out his phone and texted to someone. Waited for a reply and then put his phone away. Look. He pointed in a direction towards Vic's house. He took out a walkie-talkie and pressed a button. In the blackness of a night bay, there was a small spark. I could hear a small rumble and then it blew up with fire and red and orange smoke rose up on the other side of the beach. It was Vic's house. Dave just blew up Vic's house. What the hell? Wow. I don't know if it's because I'm stoned or what, but it looked so beautiful. I leaned my head against the seat and closed my eyes for a second. Thank you for listening. Sounds of Smoke is written by Anna Abrams and performed by Anna Abrams and Dan Medvedek.